This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Alrighty, welcome to the Celtics Lab Podcast brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. I am Cameron Tiptobai, I'm joined by Dr. Justin Quinn, and for a brief while, I'm joined by Alex Goldberg and Yossi Goslin of Hoops Hype to break down what was an exciting and intriguing and sometimes frustrating, but ultimately triumphant regular season premiere for the Boston Celtics. Our very own... Alex Goldberg was there to witness this 108-104 Boston Celtics victory. He was in enemy enemy territory at Madison Square Garden. Alex, as for the YouTube crowd, you fold your laundry. What were some of the takeaways from the game? What were some of the takeaways from your visit to MSG? Let us Love, let us know how your night went. Lovely to be here, Cam. Feeling good, feeling great. Shout out to Steve Jones and Dunker Spot. Um I am here. I am folding some victory laundry after the Celtics victorious game one run against the New York Knicks. It was a really thrilling, awesome game experience. I really love Madison Square Garden. Shout out to Knicks fans. Um, Really competitive game and uh, a really cool experience for my first time at MSG. Um, Yeah, no, it was a really fun game. It had all of the dramatics, uh, all of the ebbs and flows. Some brilliant performances from Jason Tatum and Kristaps Porzingis. Some questionable performances from other members of the Celtics. Uh, And in general, you know, it's the full package. A really exciting, fun way to start the season. Uh, It got a little close there, perhaps too close for comfort. But ultimately, I will take the W. Feeling good. Yossi, you are a little more neutral. What do you think of the Celtics' uh season kickoff i sporadically only watched the fourth quarter as my internet was extremely laggy and intermittently watching as i'm playing yasi with my wife (laughs) my very uh sophisticated nuanced takes of this game porzingis good refs (laughs) bad that's all i got yes indeed the refs were awful to both teams yes that's true i was i was with um my friend Carlos, who's a Knicks fan, a longtime veteran, old head Knicks fan. And we both found ourselves complaining about the refs within about a three minute sequence of each other. And then I think we both acknowledged what was happening, which is that that was a very poorly refed game for both sides. Everybody's rusty. Yeah. Yeah. That's sure. Let's go with that one. Um, Alex and Yossi, you were only meant to join us for a brief while. So, uh, Alex, your last hot take, your last favorite lasting memory, your last non sequitur from tonight's game. So I, I do have a couple of takes that I'm going to sure. just pop off real quick. Um, the first is that obviously the big stories are, there's two two big stories to take away, really three for the Celtics for this game um, that are positives. So I'll give you three positives and I'll give you two negatives. How's that sound? Um, 
the three positives starting starting uh with the biggest most glaring most obvious one is that i think the jason tatum mvp campaign got off to a pretty rollicking start tonight he looked like clearly the best player on the floor despite some dicey late game decision making there was nobody on this Knicks team that was capable of stopping him his footwork looked incredible uh the jump shot looked clean he did not look injured at all Jason Tatum is rolling to start the season, and that makes me feel awesome. Um, and the other big win for the Celtics is that Kristaps Porzingis seems to be fitting in pretty seamlessly to this offense. He made number a number of clutch shots. Um, he was consistently one of the better players on the floor all night for Boston. Block shots, threes, rebounds, the whole package. Porzingis was great, um, and it seems like a pretty seamless fit. The other thing that stood out to me is that while it was inconsistent, I do think that the Celtics defense is capable yes. of really putting the clamps on in a pretty serious way. Um, there were some moments where Derek White, Drew Holiday, Al Horford were really flustering that Knicks offense and stifling it. Um, it was mostly during the first half and the second half, they got a little dicey and we'll talk about that in just a moment. But overall, I, th I was pretty uh, impressed by what I think is a good defense that has the potential to get a lot better as the year goes on. Two areas that I'm a little more concerned about. The most glaring one for me is that uh, the Boston Celtics $300 million man, Jalen Brown, did not have an auspicious debut. In fact, he very nearly cost them the game with what I can only describe as an absolutely brutal sequence in which he basically single-handedly gave up a six-point swing uh, with two fouls, two turnovers, and one of the fouls being on a three-point shot. Jalen looked uncomfortable. He looked rushed. He looked like he didn't really know where he was supposed to be in the offense. And in general, I noticed a number of like poor decisions, um, questionable choices, things, he, he really visibly disrupted the flow of the offense in a way that is a little concerning. I'm not, you know, it's game one, lot to be worked out with this team, new roster. So I want to give him the benefit of the doubt, but uh, Jalen had a pretty rough night. Let me give, I won't call it a pushback because you're absolutely right about everything you said, but he led the team in assists again. It seems that this is a thing that they are really trying to develop as Suichi Tola, Suichi Tirada on our last podcast. And he also found ways to impact the game when he was sucking that were better than he has in the past. Uh, so I am a little heartened by that. But yeah, he did really look lost on, on particularly on offense. There's just one more thing that I wanted to throw out there uh, as far as my takes for the game, which is that... Um, you know, I think a lot of talk uh, about Joe Missoula this past uh, offseason and the season before that. Is he up to the task? Can he really lead this Celtics team to a championship? I think Joe Missoula had some moments that were pretty decent, um, but in classic fashion, uh, the thing that the media is going to focus on is Joe Missoula's worst moments from this game, which were not great. Uh, particular, I... I, it didn't come back to bite them, but I really don't understand why he called two timeouts late. That just made no sense to me. Um, why not just save the timeout as an emergency measure in case you need it? Now, Peyton Pritchard made both of his free throws, so ultimately it's a moot point. But that's just kind of another like part of the occasionally very weird and kind of inscrutable decision-making from the Missoula Brain Trust 
And then the other thing that we need to talk about with Missoula is that I think we need to be proactive in terms of staging an intervention with him uh, regarding one Luke Cornett. Um, mm -hmm. Guys, Luke Cornett looked really, really bad out there, virtually unplayable. He, he had like one sequence in which he did one good thing. And outside of that, he basically gave up uh, a run every time that he was on the floor. He seemed very awkward in terms of meshing with Porzingis and uh, Al Horford. Maybe it's just a matchup thing. I'm willing to uh, give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, but Joe's got to be a little bit quicker with that hook if something's not working. And for Luke Cornett, not much was working tonight. I'm also a little puzzled by the fact that we saw absolutely zero O'Shea Brissett or Lamar Stevens. I feel like both of those guys could have impacted this matchup. But hey, at the end of the day, Jason Tatum and Kristaps Porzingis, Drew Holiday, Derek White, Al Horford, those guys got the job done. Uh, some credit to Jalen Brown as well. He's not, he was not as bad as I think his biggest critics painted him to be, even though he did have some pretty glaringly awful moments. And the Celtics got the dub. So I got to take the train home with a lot of very quiet Knicks fans. I'm feeling good. Josie, <laughs> anything Alex missed? Jalen Brown's going to make as much money as Giannis and Anthony Davis. So can't have these things. Half of that, half of that checks out for me. <laughs> He's going to play twice as many games as Anthony Davis. Mm. Um, that's true. Yeah. That's not an ooh, that's just math. Um, it's probably true. Probably true. Yossi, before we cut you and Alex loose, anything we missed from not just the Celtics opening night, but from the first week of NBA basketball? Um, I don't know. I'm what, I've got this Wemby game on. Uh, when they're when he's on the floor, they look they're they're really good. When he's off, getting they're getting killed so far. No, uh, Devin Vassell love. <laughs> oh yeah, Vassell's stroking it right now. He's making everything. Uh, only thing about Wemby is a lot of like, I guess careless fouls. That might be his heel right now. If the if a team could a, a smart team could get him in foul trouble, that might be the thing that like gives him off nights. <clears throat> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. I mean, hey, when the Celtics Alex signed Andre Drummond and they just body Wamanyama for 12 minutes a game, that's going to be the, the case. Right. You're joking, but one of the things that the Celtics really struggled with tonight was rebounding, and they actually do need another great rebounder on this team. <laughs> I mean, two seven-footers, and I've either just won or just lost a rebounding battle. That should not be happening. I mean, like, New York's not a small team, but Boston should be able to out-rebound them. I, I don't there were a that. number of key sequences in which uh, the Celtics were punished severely for failing to secure uh, a yeah. rebound on the defensive glass. They need to clean that up. When we just got another foul, just setting a screen, I think that's his fourth, and it's still early in the third. All right, well... This is the Celtics Lab Podcast, not the Spurs Lab Podcast, Yossi. Um, 
Yeah, Porzingis might stink at rebounding, and I'm going to talk about that with Justin in just a moment. But first, I'm going to bid an adieu to Yossi, who behind the scenes has been up with us for like an hour recording a different segment for a dip- different episode of the Celtics Up podcast. So, Yossi, we bid you an adieu, and thank you very much. Alex, uh, enjoy the rest of your laundry. Enjoy your hard-earned victory uh, in the heart of Knicks land. We're going to cut you two loose, and then Justin and I, you and I are going to clean up the rest of this episode and then later Let's go in the podcast <laughs> i'm going to talk to ronnie 2k about what is going on over at nba 2k24 and their season sim for the boston celtics but first go see alex see you later Adios. Guys. let's go sees baby one note okay see you later yossi see you later alex yossi Gosling is going to be back on this podcast later this week Alex will at some point as well. So if you miss them already, they'll be back soon enough. Justin, we just talked about Porzingis. We talked about some of the things that didn't go well. I think we buried the lead. Tatum on 34 points, 11 rebounds and four assists. Um, maybe a two steals, quieter, two steals, maybe a quieter second half, but like, holy Moses, this dude is playing. Trucking dudes. Pretty good basketball I was very impressed. Yeah. Um, to what extent does Boston need that? Uh, they definitely needed it in this game, particularly when the Knicks started to make a run. Uh, it's nice to have an MVP caliber player on your roster to stop the bleeding. And frankly, I think one of the bigger stories is that even though, you know, to Alex's point, you know, Jalen was far below what you'd want to see a player playing like that. And I think that's probably weighing on his head a little bit. I think the, the increased playmaking is also something that's taking some integration uh, but went largely well. I mean, he led the team in assists in this game, I believe. Uh, Drew Holiday and Derek White did not have particularly good games on offense, but defensively, I think they were also as critical as the offensive stars in this game at creating a win where earlier iterations of the Celtics roster would have folded. I mean, they did fold on opening night to the Knicks, as I uncomfortably brought up last episode. Um Speaking of folding, my Wi-Fi is fighting for its life. Um, oh boy. Lots of folding going on tonight. Alex folding clothes. You're in. You're, you're, yeah, anyway. <laughs> I'm just going to drop that one. Yeah, I admittedly, I watched the first half of my restaurant. Uh, I had plans, but the, I turned it on into our third quarter. That did not impress. Um, Boston ended up outscoring the Knicks 31 to 27. The Knicks then outscored Boston 31 to 26 in the fourth. It just, whatever handle the Celtics had on the game in the first half, it, it looked funky in the second half. I pointed this out on Twitter and I, I maintain this point that the Knicks shot 14 of 26 from the free throw line. Well, Boston should have lost this game probably. Um, as much as they tighten the screws down the stretch, Porzingis had that really nice three. Uh, they played pretty good defense. The Knicks didn't do enough to win the game and in a game that they definitely could have gone out and grabbed. Um, I, I do wonder what this looks like if they played a, a more devious uh, opponent, let's say that. that they said, need to pass the ball more. Uh, they were considerably, I yeah. yeah. I mean, I think the assist uh, battle was like, I think it was like 16 on Boston and... 18, to, Boston, 18, Boston had 18, but the Knicks had 24. 
that's what that's my point yeah uh but i mean to a certain extent some of that was the team just not really i mean there's a lot of turnover right i mean this is in effect a team that's kind of learning as it goes even with a training camp behind it so they don't have roster continuity in their corner but then again they also don't have a coaching scandal to deal with so i think that hopefully this is a positive sign that they did pull out the win against a really plucky team that as you said probably should have won I mean, the big thing for me was in transition and in chaos, they looked so good. And that's where instinct takes over and talent takes over. That you're not overthinking, like, what am I supposed to do or who am I supposed to defer to? You just make plays. And I think what's hard for Boston is in the half court, all of the, you know, the things that we get ourselves in twist about, about like, who's the alpha and like, what does the offense run through and that crap. I think the players think about those things. I mean, it looks like in the half court, they're, they're not comfortable. But off of a steal, off of a deflection, off of a juicy rebound, they got out and they ran and they made plays. Even if it wasn't like super high pace, it was fluid and it was interesting and it was dynamic and unselfish. So I think that the blueprint is there, but I think they got in their own way more than anything. I, I do want to point out, too, that we may be underselling the impact of the defense on this team as a whole, too, because, I mean, another thing that stands out in the box score is the Celtics won the block battle, which we never really talk about, except for in situations like this where it was 11 to 0. So, I mean, that's with Mitchell Robinson uh, on the, their roster, too, who is not a bad rim protector, right? So, that's something to keep an eye on, I think, moving forward. Even on nights where several key players on this roster had a bad shooting night, they were still able to get out the win defensively, honestly. Yeah, Porzingis. Had four blocks, Holiday had three blocks. Yeah, Boston only shot 30.8% from three. So uh I I guess I didn't think it was scrappy, I think it was sloppy, but uh, oh, there were sloppy moments, eight. no. But I mean the starters in particular, I think really could lock it down. Um Al Horford off the bench. Some of some of I mean they didn't really play the bench. I mean, that's another thing that Alex brought up that we should probably talk a little bit more about because it's fine for the opening night. You don't want to lose the game. You want to trust the people. But at some point, Joe needs to let the bench play because otherwise they seem to have no legs, maybe literally by the end of the season. Yeah, not only that, this is a take I tried on Twitter that I, I, I'm going to think out loud here, which is I think letting the the starters play, Tatum had 39 minutes, Porzingis played 38, Jalen played 38 it's almost too much burn that then you do get into extra time to think about pecking order and the shot distribution and shit. If, you know, the, the bench is playing minutes. We didn't see Stevens. We didn't see Brissett. We didn't see Keto. We didn't see Mihailuk. We didn't, we didn't see the bench. If the starters are playing closer to 30 minutes a game, the, 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 the amount of time that they have on the court is more, Precious, and I don't think that means like, oh, let me go get mine. I think it means like, I'm just going to maximize what I've got out here. Um, I think they're in minimums. They're going to try to maximize what they. I mean, like, like as you said earlier, there's there's four non-guaranteed guys. So, no, I I don't think the bench guys are going to force the issue. I think the starters are forcing the issue. Ah, yeah, there's yeah, so yeah. much time gotcha. out there that that they're they're, they're they're feel like they have to do everything. They have to fill in the garbage time and the clunky moments and the awkward moments and not just worry about the polished moments. I don't know. Uh, let me come back to that take. I, I got to shine it off a little bit. All right. So it's Wednesday night. The Knicks 
lost the Celtics one. Good for them. The Celtics are going to play a, the Miami Heat on Friday at home, the home opener. Any quick expectations for that? Because this podcast will drop before then. Uh, I would not be shocked if Boston loses a game because I, I think Miami is the sort of squad that can really take advantage of the kind of mistakes that we saw Boston make through large chunks of the game after really the first quarter onwards. So steal yourself. The home the home opener might not end so well with a storybook ending, but I am glad that what might be Mike Gorman's last road game calling ended in a win. Yeah, uh, off air, I will tell you why I hope that. But um, okay, my internet is unstable. I actually didn't hear anything that Justin just said. So, <laughs> so let's pause there. I also uh, am hoping for a nice home opener for the Boston Celtics. I will be in house, and we will have an episode hopefully for you reacting to that. We'll talk about some stuff with Yossi Ghost and a type our capologist. Until then, please have a conversation with me and Ronnie 2K of 2K Sports about 2K24's official season sim. So uh, let us swing things over to Ronnie 2K. Thanks to FanDuel. Thanks to CLNS. Thanks for liking and subscribing. And through the magic of editing, you get to enjoy me and Ronnie 2K. Adios. All right. We're going to welcome back onto the Celtics Lab podcast, my friend and yours, Ronnie Singh, Ronnie 2K. Ronnie, what is up? What's going on? How are you? I'm good, man. You are business uh, MFer in showbiz right now, it seems. So I'm, <laughs> I'm doing better than you, I think. Excited uh, for uh, tip-offs. That's all I can say. We got a lot going on. Yeah. Between trips to ESPN, between community art projects that we'll talk about in a second, you also found time to talk to us about NBA 2K24's official season sim, which I'm excited to talk about because over at Celtics Wire, we did our own official season sim. The methodology was a little more simple, which is I simmed a season on my Xbox, and the Celtics got waxed in the second round by the Heat. So the Celtics Wire season sim was not great for Celtics fans. However, NBA 2K24 had their official season sim, and things looked a little different for Boston. They beat the Bucks at seven games in the Eastern Conference Finals, and then they beat the Warriors in what would be a really cool rematch. So, Ronnie, I want to ask you about the methodology, because the methodology, I assume, is a little more advanced than me in my living room playing my Xbox. But let's talk about the results. How reasonable is a Celtics over Dubs Finals? I think it's very reasonable. Obviously, they just had a matchup not too long ago, and it's a lot of the same characters, but with some improvements. Um, and I think that the team that's actually probably more promising of a shot is, is the Celtics. I mean, to get a guy that they took from one of their biggest competitors and shore up probably their weakest position in Drew Holiday is, you know, mammoth for the Celtics. I can't speak to it. I mean, the guy kind of does it all. He, he's very, very, he's still weirdly underrated. And I just think that he fits in as a guy that doesn't need to score, uh, you know, uh, around Jason and, and Jalen, you know, like he'll, he'll take his and, and obviously now they have a really strong defensive backcourt too. And, um, you know, that's, that's, uh, I think Celtics fans have a lot to be excited and obviously it played out well in the sim and, um, you know, to, to beat the Bucks, the team they took 
Drew Holiday from and uh, and then knock off the Warriors who are always there, right? Like they're always in that conversation. So uh, we're saying that it's going to be the two of them and the Celtics are going to hang that 18th banner. It's 18, right? Not 19. 18. It's 18, yeah. I was going to say good 18. fan service out of you. Yeah. Um, wait, so I wanted to I want to ask about the season sim, but because you brought up Drew Holiday, I, I'm going to ask a question maybe you don't know the answer to. Was Drew ever put on the tim- the the Trailblazers in the game, or did you guys wait and see? Well, so the ratings, uh, I'm sorry, the roster updates happen like at certain times. So like he may have been moved over uh, like while we were developing the game for a day, but like uh, you know, obviously the timing of that trade uh, doesn't really like factor into that. So um de- definitely no retail people but like i'm sure it was um kind of fun to play for in a, in a day for for the the dev team yeah that's gotta be that's like when um uh rasheed wallace played for the hawks for like 48 hours that's like that lost chapter of history and 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 vince carter for the hawks for like what, well, he got was a whole season in didn't he no who was the guy that oh am i thinking of who am i thinking of carmelo somebody oh, yeah, yeah, was yeah. like yeah, somebody was, was a, a hawk, hawk for a minute. Yeah, yeah, like for like five minutes, and they had a jersey ceremony. <laughs> that that's kind of stuff that was always fun. Those trades where you, you know that guy's not going to stay there, but it's uh, it's always kind of entertaining. Yeah, I'll be honest. I I didn't think Drew was going to up in Boston, and I did uh, not either. Now, but I mean, uh, honestly, of all the problems that Boston needed to solve, a little bit of leadership, a little bit of backcourt defense, a little bit of solving you know a point guard that you know kind of does it all like he is probably the best fit of any you know roster addition that you guys could have made this year so i mean that that speaks volumes you know like i think losing a a, a couple of the, the big guys that you have hurts a little bit but i i think it, you know it's a net positive in the end yeah i i wonder if under truth serum if the bucks front office says maybe we don't do the dame trade if we knew that Drew Holiday was going to end up in Boston, but yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, seriously, that's a good point. But uh, the Bucks are sitting pretty. They ended up in the conference finals in the season sim. Um, feel the feel how like the hot would, how hot would that matchup be? I mean, like oh my god, so good. you know Drew Holiday is going to have a chip on his shoulder if, if those two face off. So I mean, maybe he's the factor uh, in that series. That'd be a lot of fun. It would be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to Celtics Heat. Uh, on Friday, and I think the building is going to be super animated. I think the Celtics fans are champing at the bit for a finals here. So, yeah, whether yep. it's the Bucks or the Warriors or I don't know the Nuggets, I think Celtics fans are going to be like, who cares? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, tell us a little more. Like, what goes into the season sim? Uh, how many people are on the team, and what what is the methodology behind it? Yeah, we've done it for several years, and it's really like. Uh, uh, much probably like the user one, except we just do it a, a bunch of times and kind of like average it out. Um, and and that's where we, we landed. I, I, I think there's some really interesting ones this year. I mean, Victor winning Rookie of the Year, um, probably no surprise, but to win Rookie of the Year, that team's got to be a factor. So that's interesting. But then Shea being MVP, which, by the way, I love Shea. I think we've talked about mm-hmm. him on, on your podcast before. Um but to be MVP means your team's got to be really good too. I was talking to Mark Spears about that on uh, NBA Today last yesterday. Um, the, the the like 
not only do you have to be the best player in the league, you have to be on one of the best teams in the league. So we're really making a statement that the Thunder are going to be pretty good too. Um, and I think there's the jury's out on that. Like, I think, um, could are they a top three team in the West? I mean, there's been very few MVPs that have not been on a, a top three team. So that's going to be interesting to see. I mean, we're, we're saying, I guess, that they are a top three team, you know, like if, if Shea's going to win MVP. So, yeah, lots of really fun stuff. Um, and what does that mean? Is Chet not rookie of the year then? Like, it's all these like little factors that are, are really interesting. I think the West is going to be a bloodbath. And if any team goes on like a six, seven game tear, that could be enough to put them in that three spot. So, yeah, for sure. I don't know. It's so sexy to say, oh, the Thunder are going to be so good. But like, I can't come up with a counterfactual. I think they are going to be really good. Yeah, but you know, like some of those teams that are really heralded, they just they come a year later, just because it takes a little bit of time to gel and some continuity. Like, I, there's been so many examples in the past like decade of like teams that are really expected to do well and and then do kind of start off rough, figure it out, and then are mediocre for the season. But then the, the following year, they're really good. So, I mean, I, I think it's I think they're going to be good too. But we'll see. That's why they play the games. I mean, it's kind of golden handcuffs. I, for years, said I think the Celtics are overachieving right now, and we got to be a little more patient. I think now yeah. is their moment, and that narrative is different. But I think you're probably yeah. right about the Thunder. The big um, thing they needed, they addressed. So let's see if it now plays out on the court. I mean, maybe who knows? I, I find it, I'd find it hard to believe that Drew Holiday's doesn't gel with those guys just because he's a constant professional and he really does everything. He's a Swiss Army on the court, but like, man, um, I. I that's a really good roster build, a really good addition for, for them. So probably one of the best of the offseason to a really good team already. So that's, I think, why we have them winning the championship in our sim- simulation. I have to keep reminding myself it's October because it's, <laughs> yeah. so, it's so exciting. Um, yeah. All right, let's, you've been a busy guy. Let's talk about some of the things away from the sim that you've been up to or, or preparing to do. You know, I've talked about how 2K isn't just a game for basketball fans, but it's, you know, like intersects culture and whether that's the fashion of the game, whether that's the soundtrack. Um, I, I think it's something that you're really proud of. We were just talking about this mural restoration that you have going on this week. Yeah. Do you want to fill us in on like what that looks like, what the genesis of that project is and if anyone's listening, like how they can check it out. Well, so we had a, um, Obviously, we saw the petition. It's now been signed over 90,000 times by fans trying to keep up this just incredible mural of of Kobe and Shiana. Um, that means a lot to the basketball community. And look, like we really think about what the basketball community has done for us, and um, we feel like we have a a responsibility to get involved and and help where we can, especially where, you know, like it makes sense, um, you know, for what we're doing. And so obviously with Kobe on the cover and this mural coming down and, you know, the some tremendous support it got to stay up, we dug in. I, I you know, I've had so many conversations with the tenant and the landlord and, um, you know, finally we got to an agreement to uh, extend it for a year. Um, we followed through on our, on what we think is our obligation to help and to, keep basketball strong um, in in this community. So we're going to do a rededication on, on Thursday. Um, uh, it's right down the street from crypto. So if you're 
going to the Lakers game a couple hours later, stop by, grab a flick uh, in front of that beautiful art and um, celebrate that we're keeping art alive and keeping small businesses like supported, um, which is just really exciting. That's what you and I have talked about this before. We do, I, I'm involved and 2K is involved in a lot of philanthropy that's very like specific to basketball, 2K foundations and whatnot. And um, this just felt like the right thing. So really excited about about being involved and being able to help celebrate and continue to celebrate the legacy of Kobe and Gianna. Cool. That's, that's great, man. I mean, what a great use of your platform. Good job. Um, less important, I mean, hard pivot, less important, but kind of fun. You have introduced more celebrities into 2K24. Yep. <laughs> so with respect to Jack Harlow, who is an artist, I don't know <laughs> that this is the same emotional tenor, but um, Jack Harlow is going to be in the game, Jalen Ramsey, Lil Yachty, a whole bunch of other people. What's yep. it been like to bring in as many other non-basketball or basketball voices into the game? Again, it's another authentic part of it. We have all these amazing, um, successful people that love, you know, coming and playing basketball. And we foster those relationships over years. And obviously, um, it just makes sense. It adds another dimension. It gets people talking. Um, I didn't expect Jack Harlow to blow me up. Uh, on text and on his IG stories this morning, but, um, you know, like still, obviously it means so much to them and um, it, it gets us closer to being the perfect authentic simulation, right? Like having these guys attend the games and be the, the uberest of uber fans. So it's just a little bit of fun, like, and getting these guys to talk about it and be excited about it is, is super cool. Yeah, I mean, the, transition from what the game used to be you know 10 years ago what you got in cutscenes and from the fans to today as much as like the gameplay has improved just all the bells and whistles that make the nba yeah. so fun you guys do such it's a the job periphery it's the periphery of basketball if we were just a basketball game um we'd be limited in you know the way we can develop and grow and limited in what we can do philanthropically to be honest you know so like it's uh it was it's a, it's a lot of fun to get to like involve these people who are who grew up fans of our game too so like it's just it, you know they're, they're really excited about it as you can see with some of their social media posts and and uh texts <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, a few more p's and q's kind of similar you've got this blacktop series coming out tell us about that and what are you looking forward oh to most i appreciate that? that yeah i've been doing podcast uh this podcast with some of the biggest uh, names in the basketball kind of world. And not, we're not just talking about like their love for 2K. It's really about how they live in this like subsect of culture and how it drives them as like, you know, in whatever industry they're in. So you'll see, I, I kicked it off with, with one with, uh, um, I did one with um, Drewski. We're having one with Trey Young because obviously the tip off of the season and uh, lots of questions around Trey and what he's going to bring to, I mean, kind of a interesting situation there because like, what is Trey right now? You know, like, is he a star? Is he a superstar? So we had a really honest conversation. We got some shots up, like it was really like honest and frank. And so um, there's going to be a couple of teases of that, I think on Thursday as well. And then a full podcast is available Friday. So that's what Blacktop's about. We got some big names throughout the course of this season. I have a really cool conversation with Paolo um, 
have ones with Sheck West, Boogie with a Hoodie, many others. So should be really good watch. And, you know, like, I think the cool thing about playing video games is it lowers the bar and, like, that makes you comfortable to talk more openly. I think a lot of these celebrities generally, like, when you interview them or when they do traditional press, it's tough because they're so guarded. But, like, what is the ultimate lowering the bar thing? It's to sit down and play video games. So... And that's what kind of separates Blacktop from a lot of other podcasts that um, are around. So excited to see um, our newest episode on Friday with Trey Young. You're so right about that. that whether it's um, Hot Ones or like the the one where the yeah. celebrities sing in the call. Yeah. There is something about like, this is what we're doing right now. So formal. We're just sitting like looking at each other in our chairs that... Uh, <laughs> Just like giving something, it's, someone, it limits, something to do it limits is nice. creativity. Yeah. So you give them something to do and it distracts them enough to like lower the, you know, lower the guard and not the, you know, the relationships are there. You and I have a great friendship too. I have a, friendships with these guys, but I think like lowering it, the, just making it feel really organic and cool is easier when. Involved. Oh, totally. Okay. Um, let me close with this. Uh, well, first of all, congrats on season two. I I continue to be so impressed with Bambanyama. Um, the commentary that he is the future, that he, he's the new face of the NBA. I think in five years, we're going to look back and say the biggest story from this season was Chet and Wembenyama. So yeah. tapping him for season two for 2K24 was you know, pretty smart on your part. But tell me about this ratings chain, and we'll close with that one. So, um, Oh, yeah, I, that's fun. I'm pretty excited to see it for people who don't know. Tell us what it is and what are your expectations for it this season? Yeah. So like, obviously the ratings thing, we've talked about it on your podcast and uh, it's a press thing that always like hits, right? Like everybody, NBA players care about their ratings and it's a, a major thing, but how do we extend that? How do we like get people to bring that into the real world? And, and like when the, when the season's, going on yet another thing that they can kind of reach for so um we introduced the ratings chain um it's going to be given to the guy that takes the biggest leap in a 2k season which of course as you know is six weeks oh, do i freeze by the way no, okay you want to start that you want to start that question over no no you're good you, you skip for like two half seconds you're good oh okay cool um so uh we're going to introduce a a winner of the chain every six weeks, which is a 2K season. Um, and the person that moves, you know, the most in the ratings is going to be thrown into like a pool of guys uh, that also did the same. And then the community is going to get to vote and the winner will be given this chain that's got 524 diamonds. It's beautiful. Victor Solomon, like uh, specialty. Um, you probably saw it um, on our social or on NBA today. Uh, the first one's actually... Uh, it's gonna it's going on right now between four players um and then uh i'm gonna reward it to the guy that wins tomorrow i think so um yeah like it's gonna be i'm just waiting to get the word on who that person is and then we're gonna go and adorn the first one now of course there has no been, been no nba season for the first one so the first one's actually based on 2k20 i'm sorry 20 the 23 season <laughs> I'm always, 23, 2K24, uh, the, the 23 season, um, the person that kind of, like the four people that took the biggest leap during the season. So uh, let's see, uh, Wade Kessler was one, 
I'm not going to be able to get all four of them. Um, Jamal Murray was one. There were a couple others that took a huge leap. And so we let, we're letting the community vote on the four, and the winner will win this chain. And then every subsequent six weeks, we'll have a new chain for the next. Great. And now Ronnie paused for good. So that's a perfect <laughs> segue to close the podcast. Ronnie froze there. Um, hopefully it comes back, but I want to say thanks to the people at 2K, not only for the opportunity to talk to Ronnie 2K again, bring him back to the Celtics lab, but also for their super accurate prediction, I think, that the Celtics are going to win 18th title this year. Um, yeah. So, Ronnie, as always, thanks you for coming. You think lab. any uh, Celtics are going to get the chain? Because like what well, I was just saying, and then I froze, I'm sorry about that, but um, it's like these rookies have a real opportunity. Like, all the yeah. rewards are usually given to like the superstars, but like a guy that's like low seventies has an upside of getting like six to eight points in a in a season, and could be the the winner of a chain. So like any Celtics that you think might uh, be kind of like eligible for the chain, you have so many established stars. But I'm curious if yeah. you think anybody. Can, I'll, give you uh... two, I'll give you two takes. One, I think Lamar Stevens is is gonna crack this sure rotation what? a big way. Um, yep. I don't know what he's rated on 2K. I don't know if he'll have uh, an opportunity to go, you know, six or seven points, but I think that dude's going to impress. And Peyton Pritchard is such a dog. That dude wants it so bad. Um, yeah. If he gets the playing time, throw his hat in the ring because he he would get after it if he could, I'm sure. So, yeah, yeah it's, I mean, it's a loaded roster with established talent, so maybe it's not the place to look if you're a betting person, but... It's not for lack of trying, at least on the part of Peyton Pritchard, I'll tell you that much. Well, it'll be fun if a Celtic wins. I'll come out to Boston and hang out with you, and we'll get, we can give the chain to that recipient. So I'll let you know. All right, I'll tell Peyton to try extra hard then. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. All right, well, uh, from over here at the Celtics Lab Podcast, thanks again, Ronnie 2K. Thanks, Cam. Thanks again, 2K, for you know setting it up with this wonderful sim. And um, as needed, we'll bring you back with the Celtic stuff. Talk soon. All right. Thanks, man. Adios.